0: Hi, I'm Jayan Sriram and welcome to In Focus, the Hindu's Analysis Podcast. Thanks for joining us. We are recording this episode on Thursday, the 7th of May. And we'll use our slot today for a couple of quick updates. First on India's repatriation mission to bring citizens home who are stranded abroad. It's the biggest ever in the country's history. And secondly on some recent scientific developments on drug and vaccine trials for COVID-19. I'm going to be joined by Suhasini Haider, The Hindu's national editor and Jacob Koshi, deputy science editor. Suhasini will go first with an update on the first flight's home.
1: Well, that's right, uh, Jain, the first day of this operation that has been planned for several uh, days, if not weeks, and certainly being looked forward to uh, by Indians who are stranded in different parts of the world. Uh, so what we understand, this uh, operation, it's not called an evacuation, but a repatriation operation, also codenamed Vande Bharat uh, Mission by the government, um, will take part, it will take place in stages. So the first stage is this week. Uh, from May 7th to May 13th, when we expect 64 planes, actually, to uh, um, bring back Indians from 12 countries. There will be ships that are already on their way, and one of them has reached Mali, which will be bringing back Indians from the Maldives. Um, As far as today's uh, mission was concerned, the first two flights were headed from the United Arab Emirates, UAE, uh, to Kerala. And uh, there was a flight from uh, Dubai to Code and from Abu Dhabi to Kochi as well. And we expect several such flights in the next few days. There are also flights taking off soon from the US, from UK, uh, from Singapore expected on Friday uh, as well. And um, uh, from what we understand, uh, they will be according to where the Indians are in their largest numbers. And, and then they'll keep shifting once they feel that a population uh, that the needed uh, uh, the Indians that really need to come back um, have been brought back. Uh, so uh, we do understand out of these uh, flights, the 64 planes in the first week, at least half will be uh, flights from the Gulf because that's where a large number of the Indians are. There will also be ships planned uh, for Gulf uh, region for the UAE to start with uh, to bring back Indians from there. In all, in the first week, they hope to bring back about 15,000 people with about 2,000 coming back in the first day and then every uh, subsequent day. Um, but over time, there will be a need to bring in many larger numbers because we understand that in terms of the missions abroad, the high commissions and embassies that have opened registration, uh, 3 to 4 lakh people have already registered uh, to return. Now, remember, the government has made it very clear, firstly, that this is a repatriation effort, not an evacuation. It is not a government-sponsored effort. Effort, but government coordinated. So, everyone, whether it is passengers on the planes coming back or the naval ships, in fact, this is the first time we've seen something like that, even passengers on the naval ships coming back will be paying for their uh, way back. Uh, The second part of what they're saying is that you can only register to return, and you can only return at this stage of the repatriation exercise if you're actually uh, have one of these uh, compelling needs to return. So whether it is a deportation uh, threat or a visa expiry or a health emergency, a family emergency of some sort, those are the things you have to prove in order to even get a ticket on one of these flights. Um, And and thirdly, there are very stringent quarantine regulations. So everybody who comes back will have to spend two weeks in, uh, in what is called mandatory institutional quarantine. They cannot stay at home. Uh, the Delhi government had actually suggested that a self-quarantine may be possible, uh, but now they have uh, uh, rescinded that order. Uh, so, so we're seeing this uh, massive operation get underway, uh, and it's early days yet. Obviously, a lot of hiccups in the, first, uh, in the first few times, and we already saw some of the flights to the US, for example, had to be delayed between 24 to 48 hours because they hadn't yet got COVID testing done on the crews that would fly on them. Um, uh, we understand even with the ships, you are going to see a certain delay, or you're going to see certainly some uh, changes in the schedule because the crew themselves has to be completely secured, has to uh, ensure that they are tested at every stage. Because of course, ships and planes become very, very uh, um, uh, you know, easy carriers of the infection in these in these congested uh, spaces. Um, And uh, uh, we understand uh, that there was also some computer glitches that stopped some of the Air India uh, booking that was uh, supposed to be done in the U.S. The system simply got so many queries uh, that it crashed at one point. Um, So apart from these small hiccups at the beginning, the government says it is committed to continuing this exercise until actually they're able to open up all commercial operations and Indians will be able to return Uh, as a matter of course, Um, uh, but for the moment, they are going to uh, work these flights because one of the big problems is not just bringing people back. And remember when we're talking about lakhs of people who need to come, every flight that brings in 300 is only a drop in the ocean really. Uh, But the other problem is that at this end, uh, because people need to find quarantine facilities, healthcare facilities, if they're coming on a ship, for example, Uh, and dock in Kochi, how are they going to move to other states that they belong to, given the situation internally right now, where we're not seeing any uh, flights, many of the trains getting canceled, many problems between states as well. Um, And and, and similarly for uh, people coming back by air to various hubs, uh, they still need to find ways to get back uh, home once their quarantine facilities are done. So many, many arrangements still to be uh, put into place and are being considered. Uh, for the moment, we know that the first Indians to return 50 days after we, or nearly 50 days after the government shut down, all incoming passengers will be coming from the UAE. And then uh, these passengers coming from the Maldives, those coming from the UAE pay between 15 to 20,000 rupees. Um, those on the ship from the Maldives have been charged 40. Uh, dollars, And I can tell you, Jay, there is some consternation within the Navy about this because it has never happened before. Um, but the government is making it clear that what they hope to do is have a sustainable operation, something that is not going to be a further burden on the Exchequer, And only those Indians who really need to come back at this point are actually being encouraged to return.
0: And Jacob, uh, we'll use this uh, podcast slot today to basically discuss some new scientific developments. But before we get to that, um, let's just get a quick update on the numbers for today that are coming in.
2: So today, India registered 3,500 new cases in the past 24 hours and there were 89 deaths, which actually is a climb down from yesterday and uh, the day before where we were, uh, you know, where we were posting deaths in the three digits. So now it's again back to two digits and that is a reassuring sign. So if this continues, then we can be assured that you know the last two days indeed was because of uh, a kind of uh, stock taking wherein you know they were correcting for you know a backlog of tests in some states. So hopefully it will be great if this trend can continue. But nevertheless, we have inched past fifty thousand. That makes us about among 10, uh, 10 to twelve countries. You know who have uh, who have got fifty thousand plus cases, and our death count is now cumulatively reached uh, 1,783. So of these uh, 52,000 odd cases, nearly 36,000 are active cases. And in another kind of important development, Randeep Guleria, who's the head of the All India Institute of Medical Sciences, basically said that India's peak numbers would only come around June or July. Now, this is the first time that, uh, you know, uh, somebody in the government system has made a comment on the peak and, you know, uh, there have been models and some of these models have been endorsed by organizations such as the Neeti Aayog and they have said stuff like, you know, we would hit a peak by May and but this was around April. But clearly now this shows that, you know, with the increase in cases in the last few weeks, this is certainly not possible and June, July might be, uh, you know, a more feasible time which again, June, July, again, are sufficiently vague kind of uh, markers. So this clearly shows that, you know, there is really no uh, uh, consensus in ter- or real understanding in terms of when can we see the end of this. Because as you discussed, you know, until and unless there is going to be a flattening of the curve in uh, uh, in Gujarat and Maharashtra, where, you know, for, a, for, a, for many days, we see a significant, uh, you know, a steady increase in the number of days where there are no fresh cases added. Only then right. can we begin to talk about uh, the uh, end of this. So June, July, it is as somebody as high up and, uh, you know, in the government medical missionary, as Mr. Gulera says, is when we should see some kind of relative despite.
0: Okay, right. So let's just get to the uh, scientific updates now. I know that's something we don't uh, get to do a lot on this podcast because there's usually a lot of uh, daily developments to discuss.
1: Yeah. But
0: um uh, but, but the first thing is that um, uh, there's a there's a there's a there's a fixed dose combination of drugs that has been which, for, for which the icmr has released some guidelines yeah. that is uh, lopinavir and ritonavir and I'm, I'm not sure if i'm saying that
2: yeah right. you're saying that correctly yeah
0: right so so what are these drugs
2: so these are basically drugs used for treating aids and you know very very early on that is you know you know, when India in uh, February, uh, you know, ha- was treating its first cases, there was a entire contingent of two Italian tourists, you know, who were uh, uh, isolated in Agra and, you know, some of them were getting treated in uh, Rajasthan. S- uh, some of them were on these combination drugs and the ICMR and the doctors claimed that they had shown great improvement. So now using this as a protocol, these are antiviral drugs. So the essential argument is that, you know, Can these drugs be used to kill the virus and reduce the viral count? But again, these are endorsed primarily for uh, patients who are extremely, you know, who have acute symptoms like severe respiratory disease and especially in the elderly with comorbidities. These are not really being recommended for people with mild infections or people in the early stages of the, you know, of the outbreak. So there are, there are a lot of uh, drugs. I mean, these are basic, these come under the category of repurposed drugs uh these are all essentially antiviral so there is also tocilizumab there is a uh, biocon's psoriasis drug called etolizumab you know these are all anti-inflammatory drugs you know all used to treat moderate to severe kind of cases some of these are undergoing trials at different uh, uh, at different locations but again this is for the very severe and severe cases and i mean our case burden and you know our case fatalities are primarily driven by uh, you know a lot of mild uh, infections so to say so um, yeah. that we really do not have a way to check because ultimately there is really no uh, you know effective drug or treatment for uh, for moderate cases so to say hopefully these trials are done in the proper randomized controlled trial you know which is the gold standard way of approaching any uh, testing out the effects of any drug and ascertaining whether they're really useful so far, we've not really had any promising drugs, you know. Uh, the Gilead drug, you know, also has achieved some kind of uh, popularity only because it was initially tried out as a drug to cure, I mean, to halt, to prevent mortality. But, you know, it only been shown to be slightly effective in reducing the number of days uh, of the severely sick on uh, when they are uh, on medication. So, ultimately, the... the, the there is search for vaccines and, you know, all kinds of drugs and literally everything is being thrown, you know, to kind of get some kind of breakthrough in terms of having a defense against the, the virus.
0: So just talking about vaccines, um, as you said, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of ideas being thrown around. Everybody is desperate for some kind of breakthrough news. Yeah. And um, I think it's important to clarify when these things are reported um, mm-hmm. in the media as they are. So we have got reports over the past couple of days of two um, vaccine vaccine possibilities that have apparently I don't know the reporting is that they've been said to be uh, the, the reporting is that they're working I don't know what that means exactly at this point yeah. but let's just say, let's just look at uh, the, a couple of them so one is there's a news report that there's a vaccine candidate in Italy that is said to be working um, so yeah. what is this vaccine and what is it and what can we say about it.
2: So this is again a vaccine candidate out of the I don't know if I pronounced it correctly the Spallanzani Hospital in Rome, and uh, their scientists reported that ant- the uh, the vaccine produced antibodies in mice when they were uh, uh, injected, right. and those antibodies seem to contain the you know the uh, virus when they were tested in human cells. So the antibodies are great. Free- Produced in the mice, but they were tested in human cells, so to say. Again, you know, all of these at the level of cells and, you know, animal studies, there have been lots of promising kind of vaccine candidates. The same holds for, you know, an Israeli uh, vaccine, again, that was claimed out of, uh, developed out of its uh, biological research institute. Again, all of these work very well. Animal studies work very well, but the real challenge really comes when you start testing it in humans so very promising candidates don't do well in that you know they might be unsafe for uh, human populations and if they are safe and when you expand the trial you it emerges that you know it is not really protecting better against the background however the only uh, change from different from how vaccines traditionally are tested was that initially uh, you know you had to prove uh, you had to prove the efficacy of vaccines under uh, you know for, on a large set of people. What is happening on, on, because we are in an emergency situation now, and it is better to have the the dominant thought process in governments and regulators is that it is better to have something against which is something is better than nothing, or let not the good be the enemy of the perfect kind of philosophy which is right. why you know you are they are uh, ready to accommodate smaller levels of success you know if it works uh, let's say against fewer people than ideal it might be pushed through you know because the other option is that people are just uh, falling sick and dying anyway so might as well test out something which is not great but you know which will prevent it even if it prevents sickness to some extent it is workable so it's this idea that is probably bringing out a lot of vaccine candidates from many labs where which might not have past gold standard tests, but people are saying, "Okay, in these relaxed times, let us try pushing these. Maybe it shows some efficacy." So we will be hearing a lot more reports and lot more labs claiming successes from uh, you know all countries. But only when things really start moving into uh, phase two or f- uh, phase three, you know, the most uh, advanced forms of uh, trials, it's only then that we should really be start. Uh, we should really start taking serious notice and uh, you know trying to understand how uh, you know the benefits proffered so to say
0: right and the, you did mention a, a vaccine that's come out of this um, biological i think it's associated with the defense system in yeah. israel yeah um so that that has something to do with um, antibodies so which yeah. is also linked links back in some ways with plasma treatment monoclonal antibodies i think is the term yes. so just to you just want to quickly explain what that means
2: so mon- monoclonal antibodies are what is uh, produced by the, by the blood system. And uh, it is these that uh, work towards neutralizing the virus. They, I mean, the, the right monoclonal antibodies can bind against, uh, you know, the, the viral particles and neutralize them. And they are, they are safe and, you know, non-toxic to the, to the body. They, they will not cause uh, uh, secondary reactions. But again, you know, this is still a limited study. This is still an animal study from what I understand. And, you know, it, is, uh, it really remains to be seen how well this will perform, you know, in, uh, you know beyond a laboratory condition. Right.
0: Okay. Great, Jacob. Thank you. Uh, thank you for that update. Um, and uh, we'll catch up again tomorrow.
2: Sure, Jen.